0: All right, folks, welcome to Jet Cetra. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I am, of course, your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined, as usual, by sports columnist Mike McIntyre.
1: The Mac attack.
0: How's it going, Mike?
1: It's going pretty good, Steve. Uh, We're in my
0: office today at 1355 Mountain Avenue. Mike, it's episode 81. First things first, though. Okay? So last time we did one of these... Yeah. During our last episode, I mentioned that I was tempted to make it the Jeff Boyd episode. Right, played for the Bombers. Right, okay, number eighty. Yeah, yeah, number eighty. Well, okay. So I get a message on Facebook from my good friend Ken, who uh, lives near Melbourne, down under. Oh, Ken listens to our podcast every single
1: week. They're enjoying nice? summer right now over there, aren't they? Aren't they always the opposite sure. season? We're winter. So They're summer. Spring. I guess. Spring. I guess. Spring, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah he, had some pictures the other day posted that he was camping in his camper van. They've had really strict restrictions, so you haven't been they able have. to do much in uh, Australia. But, anyways, Ken pointed out that Jeff Boyd, in fact, did not wear number eighty; he was number seventy. And Jeff, uh, uh, oh, Ken, Ken was, of course, right. Do we
1: have to redo episode eighty now?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure, but oops. Anyways, uh, we need to do episode seventy. Yeah, go back yeah. to Jeff Boyd. Wow. So it um,
1: sounds like a lot of work. Uh, exactly. So anyways,
0: oopsie daisy. Um
1: Is this the Kyle Connor
0: edition? It, well, I mean, I, I didn't really need to look too far for this one. Right. Yeah. Mike, it's the Kyle Connor episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, the guy's leading the jets in scoring. He's, I believe there's only uh, three players right now that have more points than Kyle Connor in the NHL, and their names there's are. Five. There's five. Oh, guys. Yeah. it was I three. Uh, it was a couple nights it ago. Was, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was that guy named McDavid, that guy named Drysaitel, and that guy named Ovechkin. There's two other guys now.
0: One's uh, Troy
1: Terry now ahead of him. Troy
0: Terry and um, Kuznetsov. Okay, has 21. They have 21 points, and Kyle Connor has 20. 20 points, Mike. So, um, it, it's weird to say this, but is Kyle Connor having a breakout season. And that, that now that's weird to say because the guy has scored 31, 34, 38, and then 26 goals in the, in the shortened season right. last year. So, but I mean, come on, like he's off to a, a torrid start. He's, he's got 12 goals yep. in 15 games. But as we were chatting the other day, you and I, interestingly enough about him though, this year is that he's really driving the play. Sure is. He's like the guy that's creating the chances um, more than um, like, I think that he was more, maybe a little bit more on the periphery uh, with playing with uh, Shifley and Wheeler, but now he's the guy really he, well,
1: he's really making the him place. and Dubois are the new Shifley and Wheeler, right? I guess so, yeah. Like, for a few years, Shifley Wheeler they drove the bus, and a lot of people I think thought Kyle Connor's production. Was as a result of playing with Scheifele right. and Wheeler, people were suggesting, "Well, I could score twenty sure. goals if I yeah. played with exactly. Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler." Yeah. Well, Scheifele and Wheeler, and for various reasons, this year COVID has played a part. They both missed time with COVID, but they haven't been the same players so far this year. Uh, but Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois are the new kind of one-two punch on the Jets. Uh, they're one-two in in scoring on the team, yep. and. Uh, they're the top line. And it's kind of funny. Who did they throw with Dubois and Connor the other day to try and get going? Oh, that Blake Wheeler guy. Right. So, you know, it's funny how things kind of revert back or come full circle, I so guess.
0: It, it, it's, it's been an impressive start for, it is. for Connor for sure. And um, that
1: may go down as one of Kevin Chevalier's most shrewd signings in locking Kyle Connor up long term at what seven mil like that's a pretty good contract for a guy that should be I mean he's certainly on pace to be a, a 40 goal scorer for the first time in his career this year and he would have been a 40 goal scorer two years ago if COVID didn't shut the season down right he might have been one last year if they played a full season uh but forget about 40 like steve he could be a 50 goal scorer yeah
0: yeah he's having a, a heck of a start mike okay so anyways uh, aside from kyle connor uh today we're going to chat about the jets being in first place in the central division with a 9-3-3 and record uh on this date which is they play tonight against the oilers they do it's november, november 18th. 18th 2021 still um, this COVID thing's going to be over in t- 2022, right? Oh, is it? That's what we thought in 2020. <laughs> I think right? so, yeah. yeah. It's been a whole year. Yeah, <laughs> Still hanging around, folks. Yeah. Uh, so they're 9-3-3. They're not getting any respect in the uh, various power rankings, though. <laughs> um, they've had a definite increase bump in their scoring from their defensemen. We'll chat a little bit about that. We'll chat about the Bombers heading to Calgary for their final game of the regular season. We'll chat about the Blue Jays' Robbie Ray winning the Cy Young. And Vegas, baby. We'll chat a little bit about Vegas. Mike yeah. just got back from Vegas. So on to the first period. Ding. I think we should go for a ding. A ding. I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of bringing a little bell because for the Christmas
1: season. Oh, that would be right. Yeah, like the Salvation Army. Like a little cattle yeah. yeah, yeah, ding. yeah.
0: An angel got his wings. Yeah. <laughs> what was that guy's name?
1: And it's a Wonderful Life. What was his? Oh, name? um. Can't remember now. Wow. We'll think about of it. a
0: blank. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, of course, but yeah. um, in the in the in the movie, his his character, his name was something else. Mike's googling that as we speak. Okay, so Mike, the Jets are in first place in the Central, nine three and three. They're like um, seemingly everything is going well. Let's talk a little bit what what's working and what areas could still be better. Uh, obviously, the the one area that could definitely be better is is their penalty killing. But other than that, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess there's some guys that need to get going. I mean, shifley has got a couple of goals now. Wheeler still hasn't scored. Um, I'm still not sure Nikolai Ehlers is playing yeah. the way that he, he can or should be playing. Um, other than that, what do you think?
1: By the way, the uh, name is George Bailey. There you go, George Bailey. Yeah. Thank you. Didn't want to leave our list. Bailey Savings and Loans. Hanging, yes. Uh, so, yeah, penalty kill still near the bottom of the league. Um And the other day, I mean, didn't help. I thought the penalty kill was actually really good the other day against Edmonton, the first couple. And then they go down two men and they give up two goals on the 5-on-3. So that doesn't help the stats. But, yeah, I mean, the Jets, they have one regulation loss in the last 12 games. Uh, That's since they began the season, uh, you know, going... 0-2. O and two. They lost their first two games, of course, in regulation. And there was panic, Steve. I remember you you asking me, geez, are people gonna be, you know, leaping from the, yeah. the uh the the bridges or the balconies here after the Jets dropped games in Anaheim and San Jose to start the year, like uh-oh. Well, since that 0 and two start, they are nine, one, and three. Uh, and <clears throat> you know, this is a team that is certainly Seems to be clicking on all cylinders, as mentioned, guys like Dubois, Connor, Andrew Cops had a really nice start to his season. Um, but yeah, they've done it largely without <clears throat> major contributions from Shifley and Wheeler, two combined goals, and they both come from Shifley in the last two games. Ehlers did score, to me that was a good sign the other day, like he scored that really nice goal against Edmonton on a blistering slap shot. I always look at Ehlers when he's shooting the puck a lot. That's a sign to me that he's kind of feeling it. And I thought he shot the puck a bit more the other night. So we'll see. Maybe he carries that over now. Um, but yeah, the Jets, you know, th- there was this perception, Steve, that they had a marshmallowy, soft schedule to start the year. And I guess if you looked on paper when the season began, oh, they're playing all these California teams. Like They placed Anaheim three times, San Jose three times, L.A. twice. Those teams weren't good at all last year, and they weren't expected to be good this year. Well, you look at the standings today. Yeah, they're all pretty good. Anaheim's country. leading the West. Yeah, San Jose's in a playoff spot, and LA is right there with them. LA, I think, just had their eight game point streak snapped by Washington last night. So the California teams, they might be better than we thought. And so maybe the Jets' schedule hasn't been as soft as we envision. Uh, you can only play the schedule that you have in front of you, of course. And I would suggest the Jets' two best games, maybe all season, were the other night against Edmonton. And there's no disputing Edmonton is a, is a strong team. They were in first in the Pacific. And I thought, Steve, I was in Vegas last week when the game happened, but I watched the whole game in a sports book. Uh, the game against St. Louis, which the Jets lost in extra time. I actually thought that might have been their best performance of the year. Like, they probably deserve better. Jordan Binnington was tremendous that night. So, and St. Louis is a good team as well, so... Yeah, uh, we'll see. Right. I mean, they started off really well. They're maybe fading a bit here. Yeah, we'll see. Um. So, you know, the Jets' schedule, like, yeah, they haven't played teams like Colorado, although Colorado's kind of scuffling. They haven't played Vegas. Vegas is scuffling. You know, they haven't played Toronto or Tampa or whatever, but, you know, who knows who are the good teams in the league right now? Like, and and it would appear the Jets are one of them, right? Well, I... I, I yeah, for sure.
0: I, I... I I'm not sure I understood like, okay, so the ESPN has them ranked 20th. Uh, I don't, I don't get that at all, but I mean, we've talked about this a number of times this year, the, the odds, the Vegas odds at the beginning of the season for the Jets to win the Stanley Cup were a huge overlay, uh, in my opinion, even to win the conference, to win the division. I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I guess maybe everybody thought that Pierre-Luc Dubois was going to be equally as bad this year as he was last year. And, and in my mind there was no way that was going to happen i mean he's just too good of a player and then and then you get a couple of really good defensemen and Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon and Josh Morrissey's having a bounce back season and then you have all these other players who were good players already you right. have and then the thing about the jets and and, and th- that that differentiates them to me from the edmonton oilers who you say are also a really good team is that the jets have a goaltender that gives you a chance to win a game every time you play. The Edmonton Oilers have a <laughs> goaltender who gives you a chance to lose well, that's a good every one. time like you play. Do, uh, seriously. That, yeah. uh, do you know what I mean? And and so as good as the Edmonton Oilers think they might be, they still have terrible goaltending. They do. And the Jets don't have terrible goaltending. And and, and so, so the Jets have all of these other really good yeah. players. They have a lot of really good players. They do. They do. On defense – at forward, and then they have a Vesna Trophy-winning goaltender. So, like, I don't understand how you can't at least give them some respect sure. that they're gonna be. Pro- they're gonna be a tough out. They were a tough out every game last year. Yeah, and in my and mind, they had lots of holes. Yeah, in, their lineup, in my so- mind, they're a better team this year. I don't know. I I, I don't mean that. I'm I mean to cheerlead here. That's not my. I just don't get it. I, I, well, when am when I missing something here,
1: when Adam Lowry is probably your eighth or ninth best forward, like most he's teams would player. love, right? And and he opened the scoring the other night on a great individual effort. No, like, he's
0: not going to score you twenty five goals. No, but, but he, he, he's he, the. He's so, out there causing all kinds of problems for, for sure. the other team, right? And
1: depth is the name of the game in the NHL. Yep. Like, if you That's can the thing grind and wear guys down, yeah. wear teams down, and the yeah. Jets have been doing a good job of that, and their goaltender certainly holds down the fort. By the way, you mentioned Edmonton's goaltender gives them a chance to lose. I see tonight. As the Jets play Edmonton, they're actually going to start Stuart Skinner, who's oh. their third stringer. Right, Mike Smith is hurt. Right, uh, Koskinen got lit up like a Christmas tree the other day, and so they're actually going to Stuart Skinner.
0: Well, he was okay. In he the was third in period, his one but... period of relief, yeah, yeah. but
1: uh, at that point, the Jets it was four right. nothing. They kind of were in shutter down mode. But yeah, I mean, that remains the Oilers' Achilles' heel, I think, and they did nothing to address. Their goaltending in the off season. Other than that, Mike Smith got one year older and now he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a shame. I mean, they got McDavid and Drysdale. You'd hate they can't waste another year. They have a
0: ro- lot of really good players. They have really Zach good. They have a, a Zach Hyman, Zach uh, Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a good player, yeah. and Yessi Pulley, Pulley, is a really good player. Then Yamamoto is an, good defenseman, and Darnell Nurse, and they got Duncan Keith, they got Cody C. They've got they've got a, a Tyson a, a, Barry. A firm, Tyson, well. <laughs> uh, Good offensive uh, yeah. defense. They've got a formidable lineup, but they've got ter- that guy. He was terrible in the first period last I week, know. The, the other day. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Okay, Mike, you had a, you had a story this week about the, uh, the Jets' defensemen and the amount of points they're racking up early in the season, um, and g- goals and assists. Right. Um, lots of assists. Um, Josh Morrissey has scored a few goals and has some assists. Nate Schmidt has a bunch of assists.
1: J. Movechkin, As J- teammates have taken to calling Josh Morrissey because he's his one timer is oh. is deadly. So they're calling him J. Movechkin. <laughs> J. Movechkin. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> nice. So um, now, just in general, they're scoring a lot more points. But the Je- are, the Jets are playing a different type of game because of the talent or because of the skill set. Um, the team has on defense. It's a little more closely back to when Bufflin and Truba and Myers sure. and uh, and some uh, Toby Enstrom um, were were on the team, and um, and it, it gives them a you know this four man attack or whatever, right? Which the the league really uh, everybody in the league is trying to do this. It is um, not everyone
1: had the horses to do no, it though, I,
0: but they have the they have the personnel to be to do this, right?
1: For sure, and Nate Nate Schmidt has really helped. I mean, Brendan Dillon maybe not as much in that; he's more of the physical guy. But Nate Schmidt for sure, and I think he makes a really nice. I, I actually talked at length yesterday with Paul Maurice and Josh Morrissey. Uh, following the Jets practice about the pairing with Morrissey and Schmidt and why it worked. And it was interesting. Paul Maurice told me, Steve, that when the Jets acquired Schmidt, his first thought wasn't, oh, this is who I'm going to play with Josh Morrissey. He actually thought, um, Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey would be a thing, and that Schmidt would likely play with Dylan. Oh, yeah, and as it turned, but he said, I wanted to try Schmidt and see what it looked like, and then he did in camp, and he liked it so much that he stayed with it all through preseason and now 15 games into the year. And you know, Nate Schmidt's got 11 points in 15 games, Josh Morrissey has eight, those guys have 19 of Winnipeg's 40 points from from the blue line, and to put that in perspective that's 40 points in 15 games which i believe now is like third in the entire nhl for blue line scoring the jets last year in in 56 games only had i think it was 86 points so they're already like almost halfway there in 15 games where they were in so it just shows how much more active the blue line has been in the offense. And you know, I talked to Mark Shifley about it yesterday. The forwards love it, of course, because they, they now feel like there's, there's some added reinforcements here that, and, and it's not just the scoring Steve. It's a, it's getting the puck out of their end. The Winnipeg spending way less time. Remember last year, how many times they'd be hemmed in seemingly oh, forever. Yeah. Yep. And they, you know, breakout after breakout would get broken up. And my goodness, You don't see that as much now. The Jets, Brendan Dillon's really good at moving the puck up and and getting it out quick. Nate Schmidt, for sure, he can skate it out. Then you've got Morrissey Pionk. And even guys like Dylan DeMello and Logan Stanley, you know, I think that's a part of his game that he still needs to improve. But he's getting better at at just the breakout. And um, so the Jets, you know, are making life easier for Connor Hellebuck in his end and they're certainly making life easier for their forwards to transition up the ice and, and on the attack.
0: Total kind of tangent here. We did mention in the first period that the one area that the Jets are still having trouble with is killing penalties, and maybe you can enlighten us why that's happening. Yeah. But I always, always I sometimes wonder, why is it that, and I'm not sure that other teams do this. Maybe they do. You tell me. Um, I don't watch another uh, enough of other teams, frankly. And why is it that the Jets always use their third-pairing defenseman to start right. the penalty kill? Like, why why wouldn't you use your better defenseman to do that?
1: Yeah, it is interesting because if if you're saying that your top pair is your top pair, that Correct. you're going to play against the other team's best, right. well, now on the penalty kill, like, the other team's best is certainly out right. there. I've always wondered if it's – if is it an injury thing? Like, you're worried about – you want to subject your best defenseman to less risk because
0: I, I don't know. Like I, I get that you maybe want to manage their ice time a little bit, right? Yeah. Minutes, but then, but that's that's an important part of the game. It and is, it, and it's not like the Jets are killing six penalties a game. No. it's you know two or three penalties a game, and so it seems to me that I it be. I mean, some of the other Pionk and Dylan do uh, get out there, but you rarely see Morrissey and Schmidt out there, right?
1: Right, right. and yet, like, never, Paul Maurice trusts Morrissey and Schmidt right. to play against McDavid right. and Drysila at five on five. Right. Why not at five on four? I don't get it. Um, <laughs> part I think part of Winnipeg struggles, and you've you've hit the nail on the head, is the personnel at times has been puzzling. Um, part of it was by necessity like the Jets lost three of their regular penalty killers from last season Mason Appleton was a regular penalty well, see, killer this is the
0: other thing too they play <coughs> their fourth line forwards killing penalties like yeah why would you play again your best players I've often like, thought I don't, they should,
1: I don't get it I've often wondered why they don't have like Nikolai <laughs> Ehlers on the penalty why kill. not Kyle
0: Connor was really good at it but yeah why why do we not Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler are I good know at and it. these like, are guys I get it
1: people will say oh but they've never they haven't done it at the NHL level well that's Who just because they haven't it? been given the opportunity exactly. they're the best players they are and you can bet as they were playing their hockey coming up right in junior I'm sure they did. and even in the AHL they were they were absolutely in those roles because they're they your paid best the
0: players. most money play the most yeah
1: <laughs> um i do i do suspect part of it is as you say ice time and uh, and yeah, because they're true. also using on the power play and they're playing more yeah, minutes yeah five on five but uh so the Jets at least Andrew Kopp I mean so they do they don't manage
0: cop's sure. time so no. I
1: don't understand yeah, I don't, yeah um yeah. you know th- there's another theory as well which is interesting but this wouldn't just apply to the Jets it's the idea that the NHL has really cracked down this year on the cross-checking and and Brendan Dillon told me something interesting the other day about how the about how he's struggled to adjust a bit to what is and isn't allowed the NHL came out before the season started said we're gonna really crack down on cross-checking they called anything and everything it seems early in the year they've maybe relaxed it a bit but brendan Dillon told me that in the preseason games he he said i was like cross-checking guys just to see what i could get away with oh i see yeah yeah almost like a test Yeah, yeah but the point of that being that the Defensemen now they can't clear the front of the net the way maybe they used to, and forwards are way more comfortable going. They know they're not going to eat a stick in the back the way they used to. So you're seeing, and a lot of the the power play goals the Jets have given up have been on tips or rebounds. And so you know they have these big strong defensemen guys like Stanley and and Dylan, but maybe they they're still trying to figure out how they can legally kind of clear the shot lanes and and so Paul Maurice thought that that's one of the reasons the Jets have been burned a bit more but again I I think
0: it's because they have the lousy players on the ice but (laughs) okay sure Paul
1: right Um, play your
0: best players
1: I don't know but certainly you know I wrote a piece today Steve which of all the the hype that Schmidt and Dylan and there's no doubt those were two big trades you look at upgrades over Tucker Pullman and Derek Forbert like instantly in the top four yeah um But, you know, maybe one of the biggest adds to the team on the blue line this year is a guy they already had in the fold in Josh Morrissey, who, you know, look at right now, Josh Morrissey is second in the entire league in plus minus, Um, which is whether you think plus minus is a dumb stat, lots of people do. It still says that. There's only one player in the league that's been on for more five-on-five goals. It's
0: funny. Those people always think plus-minus is dumb when you're a plus. Sure. But those same people don't think it's so dumb when the player is a minus. Right. They'll use it to oh, he's
1: terrible defensively. Exactly.
0: Look at his plus-minus. But when he's plus, they go, ah, that
1: doesn't matter. For sure. Well, so what it says is that when Josh Morrissey is on the ice, there's almost no one better in the league right now at, at being on the ice when your team does something really good We just score a goal at five on five um josh morrissey's having a bounce back here and the jets are certainly better for it
0: all right folks we're back for the third period of our jet cetera podcast we're on to the et cetera part which uh lots of times involves the local canadian football league team the winnipeg blue bombers mike the bombers went to montreal last week They lost. They got doused by the rain and by the Alouettes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The B team. Yeah, they sent the B team. Uh, Nine regulars did not make the trip, including starting quarterback Zach Kalaros. Um, eh, I'm not sure I was crazy about that decision to do that. Um, I get that you want to protect your team against unnecessary injuries in a game that doesn't mean anything to you. But, I mean... It's almost like you are saying we don't care whether we win. Right. And then after the game, Michael Shea said, well, we do expect to win no matter who's in the lineup. Well, that's a little un- unreasonable when you consider that Montreal had everything to play for. The Bombers had very little to play for. And then you send the B team there. Um, frankly, I'm surprised they were in the game as as much as they yeah. were. So now um, they had a bye. Then they, they beat the Alouettes the week before. But it was a tough game. Yeah. Now they've lost. Now they go to Calgary this week to play the Stamps. Um, and then they have a bye and then right. the Western Final. And then uh, they got to dial it up. Yeah, like I would suggest that they need to play at least with some attempt to try to win this week sure. just to get some momentum back on their side. Don't you?
1: Now, I'll be curious to see... How does Calgary treat this game, Steve? Because Calgary, this game means nothing to Calgary, right? They already know that they're playing. Maybe they should just take the week off.
0: Well, it... That would save us some travel.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, like, Calgary's already finished third. They know that. And they're playing in Saskatchewan next Sunday. So does Calgary also rest a bunch of guys? Well, you know, th- there's and this
0: old adage in sports that that the, you're going to get hurt when you let up, right? Do sure. you know what I mean and so that you just just play Especially the game, the, just play the game the right way, just yep. do it the way you're supposed to do it and everything will come out as it's supposed to come out, right? Do you know what I mean and so if both teams are just going to go out there and just push your foot around for 60 yeah. minutes, somebody's going to get hurt.
1: Yeah, so you know, the Bombers, like, I, I don't even know Zach Clarissa says he's a new father, right? Like, yeah. and he hasn't been practicing. So, I mean, does he sit out again this week? And if so, I mean, then then you're running the risk, Steve, that you haven't had your regulars take, like, meaningful reps for three weeks, right? Yeah, it'd be
0: almost a month kind of thing. Right, yeah, and yeah.
1: then again, you go back to that one victory over Montreal a couple of weeks ago that followed the previous bye, and maybe it wasn't their most dynamic performance, so you'd hate to go into the West final like four or five weeks removed from seemingly having the momentum of a freight train, which the bombers did as they were just rolling over everybody. And you'd hate to think that almost self-inflicted you've, you've, brought your own momentum to a screeching halt uh,
0: it's it's got to be a hard decision like i get it because you you've got nothing really to gain
1: here right um and you know maybe, and if calaris would take a big hit and get hurt yeah, then the, everybody would be screaming for sure. michael shay's head what exactly. was he thinking
0: yeah so uh, it's probably i guess it, it's the only decision you can make i guess yeah um, now
1: one thing steve did last week not really underline how the bombers can't afford to have Zach Caleros. I, I get that I there guess. was some of the B team in. They still had their receivers, right? Like they did, they Sean did, McGuire, they did, did not look like.
0: I, I like, would suggest that the rain had more to do for sure. than to do with his performance. than then, and then the O line was what the three guys off the O line were not playing. And Montreal is a very solid. Yeah, front so four, it probably so left
1: him a little more vulnerable he was, than he
0: was under under pressure a lot in the game. There was the rain, and then I I I'm not going to write off Sean McGuire because of that performance. And if and if something was that, I'd suggest to he probably be be a lot better. He couldn't be a lot worse. Um, How about the if punt returner?
1: Again. What was that guy's name that muffed like for the for bombers? Can't even remember they, his name. Well, he he came off the practice squad for right. the game, and I think he went right back to the practice squad because. <laughs> uh, that was ugly. but I think
0: it'll be an interesting game. It's going to be interesting to see how both – listen, don't get me wrong. I think Zach Kolaros can take a month off practice right. and come out and play. I just think that the, the team in general, though, it, it potentially gets a little lethargic or potentially gets a little complacent, gets a little cocky. Yep. All of that loses the momentum. I, I think it, uh, I'm not thinking of just micro – uh, each player getting a time off in a macro sense though i think that you've broken the team's momentum or potentially its air of invincibility uh over the last couple of weeks and and depending on how they play this week, sure yeah.
1: reminds me of the tampa bay lightning in the nhl three years ago when they 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 destroyed the competition in the NHL. They rolled to the president's trophy. They had first place locked up for weeks and they just put her in cruise control down the stretch. Right. And what happened? They got swept by Columbus in the first round of the playoffs. And after that series, John Cooper and a lot of players said like, geez, in hindsight, yeah, we kind hard. of, it is hard yeah, for sure. Hard. But again, they wanted to stay healthy. Um, who do you like Cal? I mean, it's still a week away, but Calgary, Saskatchewan, like who do you, who Mike, are the- I was a kid in Regina. So you, you think Saskatchewan's going to win? I mean, I they got home field I, I, advantage. There's
0: always going to be a little part of me deep, deep down yeah. who's a Riders fan. Yeah, I'll admit it. Do like, you know what I mean? I've, I've admitted it. People, you know. Who do
1: you think the Bombers would prefer to play in the West Final? Or do they care? Well, I don't know. Like, They've it, beaten Calgary and Saskatchewan so, both so this year, right?
0: Both of them present interesting possibility problems in that Calgary um, is starting to roll a little bit yeah. defensively. And Bo Levi-Mitchell, who's been MOP in this league a couple of times, um, is starting to play a little
1: bit better. Sure. So and you know he has a, a a terrific game in him for sure. Absolutely, Absolutely right?
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's that. And then Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is tough in the trenches. They're a very very hard team to play. As as in 2019, the Bombers barely got by them yeah. in, in in the final. And so and, and Cody Fajardo can can has a good game in him as well. And so um, both teams have the potential. Again, this is gonna it's gonna come back. To how well the bombers play sure the bombers if the bombers play as well as they had been playing yeah they can shouldn't e- matter shouldn't matter they'll beat either of those teams will andrew harris be okay will will the will will they will they have a you know the oomph yeah to to to, to just s- squat the other team like they have been doing then yeah then they'll be fine
1: there's also the one other wild card we don't talk about which is the weather and what it could be like on December 5th, we yeah. can't look into the future, but yeah, it could be snowing sideways and 25 below, um, you know, which I don't know, both teams would have to play in that environment, but it could, it could level the playing field a bit more depending on what the weather's like. Yeah. So a yeah, lot sure. of factors, a uh, lot of intrigue going into these last couple of weeks. To talk about it does. Sure.
0: Sure. So last night, uh, Mike, just switching over to baseball just for a bit, uh, uh, the Blue Jays, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young. I, I was surprised on how unanimous it was. Right. He got 29 to thirty first place votes. I thought, uh, maybe, uh, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole. would get a, humor a so more Or whatever. But, uh, yeah, impressive season by Robbie Ray. Um, hard to imagine though. Uh, the Jays did resign or they extended a contract to uh, Barrios Burrios this, yes. uh, this week, seven a seven years. year deal yep. at about 20, about 18 and a half million a year or whatever. Um,
1: so they got Hinjen Roo locked up. They got Alex Manoa, the wicked rookie from last year, and they got Jose Barrios. They have three of their five starters. The big question uh, is Robbie Ray, their Cy Young winner, and Steven Matz, who was pretty good last year. But they got like a Nate Pearson. It feels like they could uh, they would, could replace...
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way for
1: Matz, No, he was okay. But, but um, Robbie Ray, uh, he's going to cash in, and the question is, will it be from the Blue Jays, or will another team... You know, it strikes me, Steve, like MLB free agency has been open for like a week. Almost nothing happens.
0: Well, you know, the collective bargaining agreement expires December the 1st. Yeah, so yeah, guys so, are waiting yeah, to for see sure, yeah. for
1: sure. Yeah. Um, but even in past years, there's never a frenzy, not the way we see in like the NHL no, or, hockey, yeah. or even the NBA where you'll right. get a ton of signings on day one. Like, Well, they sign it before they even free They agents. do. <laughs> I believe that's <laughs> called collusion. And But yeah, like MLB... I don't know why it is. It's, it must be an agent-driven thing that everybody's just way more patient. It's the game. That's I, how baseball Right. Is. It, it moves as slow as the game exactly. does. It does. Yeah. Um, but so you know, if you're if you're hoping day one oh get all your questions answered, who's going to go where?
0: I, I don't see Robbie Ray uh, back with the Jays. I think it's just too much money. I think that you know, good for him. He'll cash in. He'll get huge dollars here. He will he probably get f- five years at. 25 at least yeah do you know what i mean I, I think that that's probably where it's at like do the jays want to spend that kind of money and and then you know and then what's the what's the guarantee that he replicates that and then did like just totally go all out this Re- season and then blows out his arm next season
1: right and don't forget this was a guy when he joined the jays like he was a reclamation project he was yep. like, coming from arizona and he couldn't throw strikes like the jays Pete Walker, their pitching coach, clearly had a big hand. Well, he in, found
0: he found the right release point, he did. so that's a big thing.
1: And so maybe there's that part. Like, does Robbie Ray feel like he eh. owes the Jays a nah. bit for saving his career? Oh, yeah.
0: You just start covering sports Yeah, work?
1: exactly. I'm sure <laughs> that and two bucks will get you a cup of coffee uh, at Tim Hortons.
0: All right, folks. We're back for the uh, overtime session of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, how was
1: Las Vegas? Oh, it's so great, Steve. The weather was. Why is
0: this your favorite city in the world?
1: Uh, and I should note as a disclaimer, people are like, oh, Mike must be a huge gambler and drinker. Actually, I do neither. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm Not at all? No. Like no gambling at all? Well, so I, I did spend $20 on. Oh my God. On. <laughs> you'll love this. So I hate slot machines. I think they're stupid. The idea that right. a, that a computer's control—like, I don't mind playing cards, although I don't really like doing it in a in a big casino. Like I'll, I play poker with friends. I don't mind playing blackjack because I feel like you're just playing against the dealer, right? And like you have some control, you, you have your own say. It's depending not, on how the other idiots at the table. For play. sure. Yeah. Um, so blackjack, I've played blackjack before at casinos never played poker I guess you know but I do play with friends but no the game that I played in Vegas and I wasn't planning on spending a dime gambling but then I were in the uh, Bellagio they had this horse racing game where it's like a big uh, it's a big track in like a bubble in like a dome like think of that bubble hockey kind of game but they're like they're plastic horses and they run. Yeah. Yeah, So I remember actually, (laughs) I believe it was club region years ago, many, many, when I was like 1920 and went to the casino a bunch of time with buddies, I remember they used to have that game and the old casino here, what was it called on the top of the, um,
0: crystal casino
1: the crystal casino they had that horse racing game too so i hadn't seen it for ages as soon as i saw it i go to my wife i gotta play this right so i put a 20 in and i played it for i was like literally betting one dollar per race so i think i lasted about 40 minutes and spent my 20 bucks i won a few races but and i get it's like a slot machine because it's all predetermined based so i knew that i was going to lose my 20 but i was in uh, it was fun i
0: was in this little town in Northern Ireland a few years back I can't remember the name Monaghan was a, something, Monahan was the name of the town I go into this uh, off-track betting place or whatever yeah and they've got these they've got this races going on in it but it looks like it's like fake and it's like <laughs> it's like it was simulated like it was simulated races really right so I went up to the the, the, the teller whatever you call yeah. it at the wicket Asked the butter or whatever. And it was these fake it was fake horses running around or whatever, right? Like you're so betting like, on a cartoon? You basically were. Yeah. <laughs> and so when it's random or something like this or whatever, it was very interesting. I said, Oh, they'll bet in everything anything in Ireland. Clearly. Like, yeah, clearly. Yeah. So
1: uh but yeah, the weather was great, like 26, 27 every day. And we did lots of we hadn't so this was our 20th anniversary trip. Uh 19 months later, uh we couldn't go, obviously, the pandemic. So we just love we're both kind of foodies, so there's lots of great restaurants in Vegas, which we enjoy. Um, we've, we've seen like all the Cirque shows. We're, we like shows. So we went to this great Motown show. Um, we went to, We actually went to a Golden Knights game. Uh, I've covered the Jets in Vegas a few times, but I've never sat in the, uh, in, in the lower bowl. And my wife had never been to the rink, so she really enjoyed the experience. They played Minnesota, and it was a really good game. Uh, we rented a car. There's lots of nice sightseeing, like we did the Red Rock Canyon drive. Um, oh,
0: hello. the desert landscape is. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, I love yeah. the desert landscape. Yeah.
1: Um, and you know the people watching going down to Fremont and stuff. There's a bunch of new casinos that have been built since we were last there. This Circa, which is downtown, that's where we watched the Jets Blues game. It's the biggest sports book in North America, Steve. It is like it's a stadium kind of seating, like with three levels. It was unbelievable with movie theater size screens. Like it's just heaven for a sports watcher or a gambler. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a great uh, a great trip, and I'm happy to report travel is really so we've now done a few trips i went to tampa in the summer for the stanley cup our family did new york in september i did the jets trip in california in october and now we did vegas travel's really starting to feel and i know you're a uh, you're a traveler but you haven't done travel to the states yet but you're sort of contemplating it
0: Uh, i'm thinking of maybe going somewhere uh in january somewhere where there's a beach yeah Yeah. it
1: really I can honestly say it really now feels normal again or as close to normal whereas that first trip I did last summer the whole thing was weird the airports were still pretty empty it just if the process is a lot smoother I think than it it was like it's all getting streamlined now everybody kind of knows what the rules are other than wearing your mask on the plane and then the airport everything about it feels pretty normal and you know, even the testing part, Steve, like here in Manitoba, you need the antigen test to go down. Uh, but those are now only 40 bucks. Just a few weeks ago, they were 170 And you can now just go get them at Shopper's Drug Mart and get your results instantly. And the government just announced this week, like, PCR tests. If you're just doing a short trip into the States of 72 hours or less, you don't even need the PCR coming back. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, why you need it or why you don't well, need it? Well, why
0: you... Just if you're only going for a couple of days, you don't need it. But if you're going for nine days, you do. Yeah. It doesn't make you sense. And you're fully does It doesn't make any sense. Like doesn't, doesn't make any sense. No. So I, I guess it, you're more exposed if you're there for nine days. But still. Yeah.
1: Like. Uh, and I can also report the good news on that is my wife and I, we found free PCR testing. And apparently this is kind of happening all over the US. We went to a CVS. You can go to a CVS or a Walgreens. We got our tests for free. So, the cost, which was, I think prohibitive, you know, if you were paying one hundred and seventy for your antigen and two fifty for your PCR, like that had to be considered. Right. Well, now it's forty bucks for the antigen, and you probably can get your PCR test for free. Uh, that's pretty good, you know, so again, it, it just feels normal, and it's been nice to kind of get out and uh, and see the world a little bit more. I'm off next week. I'm down to Columbus and Minneapolis uh, for the uh, for the jets trip. By the way, that was gonna be. That was going to be a very newsy Jets trip, Steve. At one point a few weeks ago, Patrick Laine would have been facing the Jets for the first time. And on that same night in Columbus, Blake Wheeler would have been playing his 1,000th game. Laine's hurt. He won't play next week. Blake Wheeler got COVID, so his 1,000th has been pushed back a couple of weeks. Still lots of storylines. Dubois, uh, Jack Roslovic. Um so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes.
0: All right, Mike. Well, uh, we'll look forward to your reports from there. And then uh, when are we doing one another one of these things?
1: Well, are we going to do one from the road next week? Uh, I guess we got to figure out if uh, we could do one on the road, a road edition. Well, we'll see, folks.
0: Anyways, um, that's it for us for another episode. Next time it'll be episode eighty-two. Uh, it, uh, who knows where that will be? I have no idea. Do you no you know 82. Who's number eighty-two?
1: Certainly not in the hockey world. I'm sure there has been one or two, but probably football. We'll be back to football.
0: All right, so uh, folks, we'll chat with you again when we see you. When we chat with you again,
1: take care.